Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King. I'm here tonight with Shana Gates from Exeter, New Hampshire. Welcome, Shana. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So a little background. I took a great drawing two class from Shana at um, the Great Bay Community College last semester. It was really, really great. I was, I was so nervous about doing those live drawings. I was nervous about teaching. <laughs> oh, you did a great That's job. Funny. Yeah, it was, it was really, it stretched me, stretched me a lot. Yeah, way out of my comfort zone. I love to push paint around, but, you know, being very as realistic as possible with, with charcoal and such is a little out of my, my comfort zone. So, Well, and working, yeah, working fast to, yeah. to get a likeness is. Yeah, and you made it look so easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to find out all about you today. Tell us um, a little bit, uh, start with how did you become a New Englander? Are you native born? Um, I was, I grew up in Massachusetts. I was born in New York, but I was a baby. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't, I grew up in, in Groton, Massachusetts, and there's a swamp in my parents' backyard, oh, nice. <laughs> which is sort of important and formative sort of playing back there with my brothers and thinking about, uh, well, being able to like tell the time of day by, Wow, shadows. Shad, you know, the sun yeah. passing the shadows. And and in order to do that, you have to know what direction is north. And having mm-hmm. just having a sense of that space and the, and like a aerial map in your head yeah. of that kind of space as a child is an, is was important. And probably not unfamiliar to other New Englanders, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then I went... Um, to college in New England and I think the most I think when I began to understand that I was a New Englander was when I, I moved to Cape Cod immediately after uh, my undergrad and I spent a year there so I spent the winter there oh, um, nice. on the outer Cape so it was wow. that was like true you were a hearty <laughs> New Englander yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't commit to living there for the rest of my life. But, um, Especially after that, no. Yeah. yeah, and then moving away, like living in other parts of the country was helpful mm-hmm. in realizing that that's a part of your identity when you go somewhere else yeah. and other people aren't don't have the same outlook or pace to oh, their yeah. life. Or Yeah, it's so yeah. eye-opening. I moved from here to Ohio and Boy, that was a trip. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tell what were your earliest explorations in art that you can remember? <laughs> earliest? Um, well, I my father is uh, very good at drawing and painting, and he always did that mm-hmm. with us as kids. And my oh. mother um, was a uh, dressmaker or a costume 
period costume maker wow. for a while yeah. for the Little Women Museum in Concord. Oh, um, cool. So the just the creative making maker thing was mm-hmm. always there. My brothers mm-hmm. like use coping saws to make like guns out of one <laughs> yeah. by twelves or whatever. Right. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I guess I I remember specifically drawing with my dad, like drawing this stool and it was just such a mundane object, but the focus, I must've been like four or five years old. Like I was quite young, but the focus on something that was like not a unicorn, not a princess, you know, or whatever else that I normally wanted to draw. Um, Yeah. So at what point did you decide to pursue um, college and, and take art? I guess I, I mean, I always identified as an artist and <laughs> I think a lot of people who go to art school maybe have this feeling like they were, you know, the art star in high school or whatever. Yeah, the big, um, big fish in the little pond. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But I didn't, it wasn't until junior year of high school that I decided to go to art school. I think before that I wanted to like go for psychology or something Mm -hmm. practical. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what the flip was other than, yeah, maybe just having this support from my parents and yeah, specifically my dad. And then, Feeling like that was the, that was the thing that I got attention for. So, yeah. 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 That's great. So tell us about, um, your journey. You went for your undergrad and where'd you go and what'd you do? Yeah. I, um, I went to RISD, Mm. Rhode Island School of Design, um, for painting. (laughs) What what were you painting at that time? Uh, from your subject. Well, so RISD doesn't. Well, I can't, I can't speak to it now, but when I went 15 years ago, it was, um, and I think has a reputation for being, that's a lot of preamble, but for being a very conceptual painting program. Um, so like no one taught me how to use oil paint and I didn't use it in high school before that. So I didn't, I wasn't comfortable like figuring out how to make it dry as fast as I wanted or as slow as I wanted or like whatever. So I just stuck with acrylics and and watercolor and even did some like conceptual installation and walking, uh, like walking performance art. So Mm -hmm. it was an, it was not, I mean, it's painting at RISD is almost like, um, I mean, I'm sure they have like a new media undergrad, degree now but I I think at the time it was the degree where you could do whatever Mm -hmm. like you were you weren't learning how to throw on the wheel for ceramics or like use a CAD for architecture you know there it wasn't yeah skill based okay yeah so then what did you do after that when you left there um then I moved to Cape Cod Mm, where I taught surfing lessons. What? <laughs> what? I, I'm, oh, a hidden gem. I love it. Oh, God, I couldn't get on a surfboard to save my life. I tried once. That was it. <laughs> well, lifeguards use surfboards to save lives, so yeah. you could, actually. Oh, my gosh. Um, and 
I was just like making art sort of in the background of trying to pay my rent. Yeah. Um, what kind of art? What were you doing? Oh, I, well, so at RISD, I had left. So senior year at RISD, I was, I had circled back to painting and I was doing these um, sort of combined, combining photographs of architecture with watercolor painting in a way that where I was they were bad, but the, I think what carries through is the idea of, I was trying to kind of switch your, uh, the audience's perceptive um, grounding. So like having per, like a sense, like using perspective in a way that seemed to make sense until your eyes traveled to another part of the image and then oh. it, was kind of off-putting hopefully okay. but wow. <laughs> i don't know if they were that wow. successful That's cool. <laughs> um so then when i went to cape cod i kind of carried that on there was enough um there's like just the look of the uh the houses and businesses in provincetown and mm. um there's sort of a history of that as subject matter so it it made sense to just continue with that yeah. and doing. Yeah. With the emphasis on perspective and. Yeah. Kind of just warping that. Was it watercolor or had you expanded to me, uh, paint oil painting? Um, it was water. It was mostly drawing actually. Okay. Oh, and <laughs> then I, at, at, at some point during that winter, I, I started making paintings of dead birds. Mm. Um, very realistic paintings in acrylic, small, mm. sort of, well, life-size, so whatever the size of the bird was. Yeah, from um, life, were you seeing them? or? Was I was finding them, yeah, yeah finding and them. putting them in my freezer. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. <laughs> in your freezer, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's painting from life. I thought I was so, ended. I thought I was like such a cool, like, well, weirdo, I mean, weirdo artist. <laughs> It's <laughs> <That's> silly. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that actually. That's pretty cool. Okay, so what did you do after that? Um, so then I, uh, my now husband and I moved to Oregon. Um, oh, that's a big shift. Yeah. Wow. It was tough. I think at the time I wasn't really ready to leave family. Yeah. Um, so we moved to Oregon. And I couldn't tolerate the amount of rain. <laughs> mm. Oh, I know. Um, My son-in-law's from there. He oh. said, it's a beautiful place. Two days a year. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's like June 1st and September yeah. 1st. No, yeah, it was hard. Um, so I, <laughs> I I, ditched him and I went uh, to, I came back to Massachusetts where I worked. Wait, you ditched who? I ditched my boyfriend who's now. I, it worked out in the end. The husband follows you. Okay, so he was, he was the boyfriend. Oh, okay, go ahead. Um, so I came back to Massachusetts, and I yeah. worked for as an artist assistant for this artist, Nicholas Hondrogen, oh. um, who was pretty important to me. Uh, I, I didn't work for him for very long. I was hired because he was dying. Okay. Um, to, in order to archive his oh, work. Wow. Uh, and he, but he was just such a 
he was like a <laughs> I don't know what you call it when like everything is condensed like so tightly I want to say a black hole but like he, mm. it's like the opposite of a black hole or something he just it in three months I, I never have gotten to know anybody faster and maybe wow. part of it was you of know course. that I am going through his life's work yeah. at the same time but yeah um wow so when he passed away, then I went to Los Angeles and I worked for um, his best friend and a patron of his, mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Vespa, as a photographer's assistant. Um, wow. that's cool. Too. Yeah, and then I went to grad school for my um, master's in art education. And where was that? I was at the School of Visual Arts. So keep going. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> And I don't think I made art during that whole, wow. the time doing that master's. It was yeah. very intense. Really? Um, oh. But like the student teaching and the courses, yeah. it just took, a, it just really, it was intense. And it was, I felt very productive. And I think being productive was sort of enough for me. It's not like okay. I was feeling sad that I wasn't doing art, but yeah. I. So um, at that time, your goal was to teach more so than having a yeah I had had right I had had an experience in when I was in Oregon I taught at a just after school like city arts program mm -hmm. um and the there were moments doing that where I felt so elated <laughs> yeah and I can't explain why or when it happens and it still happens when I'm teaching but yeah it's just like at, there are moments. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm a teacher too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah. It. It's almost too much. It's like yeah. your head kind of yeah. buzzes. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. That's good. So you experience that. And then you're just like, this is what I want. Yeah. I have to do this. Um, at the time I was planning to apply for an MFA and yeah, I just, I like, scrapped all those applications and mm -hmm. applied for the master in teaching. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a lot out of your great class. <laughs> it was wonderful. So from there was, where were you again? You were. Oh, so Los Angeles to New York mm -hmm. city is where the school of visual arts is. And then I taught high school in, in New Hampshire, in Jaffrey. That's tough. <laughs> It's I mean, fun you're, you're at very first. Little, so they would all be bigger than you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That'd be tough. I don't yeah. know. Well, high school. Yeah. But I think high school is like art class. I think that they do. Yeah. I think um, I, I still, I mean, this is silly, but like if I see high school kids on the sidewalk, I still like yeah. get my... Yeah, get my guard up. Like, yeah. They're unpredictable. They're crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, high schoolers. My God. Yeah. Anyway, I um, yeah, and so then I did, and eventually go do an MFA. Yeah. Okay. Um, in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and that was pretty recent. That wasn't. That was in. I graduated in 2016, so mm -hmm. 14 to 16. Great. Um, and I regret not doing it earlier. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how'd you end up here? Um, well, New Hampshire's great. Yeah, <laughs> it is. There's, yeah, I don't know, just the pace of life. We, so my husband 
I mean, <laughs> when did he become the husband? <laughs> oh, when did this happen? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> in New Hampshire, while I was teaching okay. um, high school. Okay. Great. Yeah. So we went to Philadelphia, and we were married then. And mm-hmm. um, he he's a public radio reporter. Okay. Um, and he got there. An opening came up at his old station at NHPR, and oh. they asked him to come back for it. So, oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, we weren't going to stay in Philadelphia. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, good, great. So, okay, so now you're teaching. You're teaching at several places and teaching art. Two places. Two. Okay. <laughs> and um, and uh, tell me a little bit about your show last year because. Oh. <laughs> please. A little bit about the show last year and then about the new show coming up. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. What was last year's show? So last year I had been working on a series of paintings that were... Um, oil paintings. Oil paintings. Okay. Um, relatively small, like t- eight inches square or up to 12 inches square. They were really... Yeah. They were small paintings. Okay. Um, they were of unfolded origami figures Mm. done in painted in black so just um, tones and shades of black Mm -hmm. and so he's making the black I mean that's sort of a romantic painter thing to say it's like I don't use black out of the tube (laughs) (laughs) but um, I don't know that was important there's something uh there's something essential about that. Make, yeah. Making the black myself felt, oh, okay. um, I don't know, connected me to, there's an artist on Kawara who would paint every day. He made a date painting and he mm-hmm. would mix the black. He, it, it was a black field with a date on it and he yeah. would mix the black himself. So th- there's something kind mm. of, and so because of that, they varied every day. Oh, um, and so being able to get that variation in hue within the range of black, um, not just as an exercise, but as like a discipline was, yeah, um, yeah, it was important to the work in, t- in terms of like a focused, almost systematic kind of process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, how long would these take you? How long would one take? You? Each painting took about a day. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So um, with the light, would you put your own light on it? To keep so it I, I mean, the big reveal <laughs> is that <laughs> I, I just photographed. I, I, I use a sun lamp, like mm. a, um, not a tanning lamp, but like a sad, a seasonal affective yeah. disorder yeah. lamp. Yeah. Um, and I put, so it's a, it's like a great lighting device because it's kind of diffused. Yeah. Yeah, they're nice. So I, I I let that rake across the origami while it's unfolded. Um, so I, f- I fold the origami myself and is then, it, and then there, photograph it and print the photograph and paint and from, the that. Paint from that. Okay. So there's a few layers of remove. So is there some significance to the figure of the origami? A little bit. Of, I mean... I, why I, unfold it? Why not... It. Yeah, that that's an that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I I had been doing um, more traditional trompe l'oeil style paintings, okay. um, 
so where things are relatively flat, kind of mm -hmm. in a in a very shallow space. Okay. Uh, and I, the figures that I was folding, so the significance of what I was folding really is just like autobiographical, um, like a wolf because my grandmother's last name is Wolf, oh, and okay. a lady slipper because I used to love finding lady slippers in the woods or whatever. Okay. Just um, yeah, yeah, romantic. Yeah. intuitive choices and um yeah so the unfolding was part of um I kind of stumbled on that accidentally uh by by messing up oh. <laughs> like not being able to get to the end of a okay form okay and then just undoing so it. undoing it um and, and so that gets wow, that kind of becomes like cool. studio refuse which is how I was producing the Trump Loy. Oh paintings wow. um and then i honed in on that very cool yeah but i i really liked how it w it's sort of a way to um compress abstraction and realism mm -hmm. into the same space and also the the paper has the memory of the form that it had been right um so it's an index or a record of that yeah yeah that's really cool yeah. Yeah, and they do look so realistic. <laughs> you swear it's a crumpled piece of paper right there in front of you, but and then and then you did as well some crumpling. Was right. that correct in that same yeah. show or no? Just was there all? was some of that. So I had um, that. So I had all the origami paintings, and a friend visited my studio with her kids. And her oh. kids, so I gave them like something to do, so I could oh. socialize with my friend. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> and they, so I gave them origami paper and so they were trying to do like the folding and they didn't succeed. Su yeah. Maybe. So they were just folding a little bit, like one, okay. two folds, and then and they, they crumpled, crumpled it. it. Oh. oh. So when they undid it, there's all this symmetry in the folds. Yeah. Because of the, where the paper was overlapping, it's right. like doing the same thing on both sides. So that um, was a big aha yeah. moment. Um, and I, so I started doing that and then I was just doing plain crumpling without any folding and doing the same painting in reverse so that the two paintings would be okay, symmetrical. Okay, so that, and, yeah, that yeah. kind of blows my mind. You do the mirror image. How? By re reversing. So because I use photographs, I can oh. just reverse the image and oh, okay. Okay. print it gotcha. both ways. I see. Okay. So you, you listeners, you have no idea what this is until you get on your website and look at it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it, I think it's really hard to describe. So what is your website? Oh, it's um, it? shanagates.com. So if I think I, is my name spelled somewhere in your pot? It will be. Yeah. Episode. There's a page on the artists of new England. Yeah. Shanagates.com. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll have a link to your website, but yeah. if you can't wait, <laughs> yeah. you have to see what it is right now. <laughs> I go. feel like there's there's a disclaimer about my website because people go to it and they're like, I tried to go on it and it's I don't think it's working, but it is working. Yeah, it's just very... It's limited. Minimalist. It's minimalist. Yeah, I sure. put just yeah. one or two or three at a time mm -hmm. and that's it. And if you want to see more, you can yeah, I, link I actually, to my Instagram. I, I really like that, actually. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, that would drive people crazy. Like, Give me more. So Seacoast Online has an old article from last oh. year's show. <laughs> you can see a little more on there. Okay, great. So um, what are your most significant teachers? Who have they been in your life? 
Um, well, that artist that I had worked for, Nick Hondrogen, yeah. I feel like was mm. the work that he was doing um, was and had done over over the course of his life, um, kept coming back to this idea of mapping some kind of natural or chaotic event. Oh. Um, and I know that sounds kind of vague, but yeah. like... I, I remember archiving like photographs of um, like fish in a tank or something mm. that he had then like traced the arc of their swimming patterns oh, wow. back and forth and like, like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of them. Wow. Um, so that kind of thing mm. where it's like you just he's deciding at the start, like I'm I'm going to trace this progression. And no matter what it is. Hmm. And that's a record. Yeah. Um, I really connected to that. Um, and then other teachers. I had um, a friend, Gary Gilmartin, who also passed away. Um, he, uh, he was older, um, but he, and he was a very realistic egg tempera. Mm-hmm. like four paintings a year kind of yeah super yeah. super 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 intense yeah um and I told him about some work that I was doing where I was using like neon paint um and he said <laughs> he said why are you using neon paint like what is <laughs> um get rid of that so yeah. he said he said you can make it look neon oh. um and at the time, I sort of was like, whatever, whatever, Gary, like, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> but that stuck with me because I think, like, that's kind of, I, I agree with that as a way to think about what some of the things that painting is supposed to do. Mm. Um, like, if it's going to be neon, then it becomes about the material and the chemistry of that thing Mm -hmm. but if it's if you can make something look neon that's not really just neon or fluorescent paint that's there's a history of that that's like a long-standing history of what painting is is doing yeah yeah it's a real mastery of laying down the right colors next to each other yeah yeah um not to say that i don't love i mean i have paintings in my house that have neon <laughs> like from other people I am a sucker but I uh yeah. yeah I I can I that's an important kind of nugget for me mm-hmm. um and then of course like doing my MFA was just mm-hmm. yeah like a feast of genius wow that's great <laughs> yeah that's great and well, okay give us one book that has profoundly affected you your art making art um sensibilities in any way <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one it is a tough one I so many. yeah they blend together after a while mm. I my my the most important book right now okay. <laughs> um is a book uh it's a Victorian novel by a mathematician it's very short it's like wow. I don't know, a hundred pages or something. It's, it's, it's short, but it's, um, the author is Edwin Abbott and it's about 
the uh, protagonist is a square. <laughs> oh, okay. Kill Tony Moore. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a square who lives in, he lives in Flatland. And mm. that's the name of the book is Flatland. Okay. And he um, doesn't know, he has no sense of himself other than his angles hmm. so, because he's living in a plane. So mm-hmm. like he can't see the plane from above. Okay. And all the other uh, community members in Flatland are other polygons. So there's hexagons and dodecadons. And I, I don't even know if that's a word, but <laughs> all these other polygons. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and they interact with each other sim- just based on angles. Yeah. And they think, you know, that, so if you think about a square, the inside of that, they think of as like their, their guts, like their inside. That's a mm. thing you can't see. Yeah. Um, but then he's, he like, he, so he goes to line land where all the, can, all the inhabitants are just lines. And he's trying to explain like, no, there's two dimensions. Yeah. We're squares, we're triangles. And they, the, the line land people can't understand. Wow. Like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, this is this is crazy talk. You're like you're banished, and so he <laughs> then he gets visited by someone from Spaceland. So it's a three dimensional world, mm. and it blows his mind mm. that and they like take him out of Spaceland, and then he can see his like, you know, it's like there's your wife. Look, and it's like oh, I can see her insides. Wow. It's like, but it's not guts. It's just like the shape of her. Yeah. Um. And anyway, Edwin Abbott, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Victorian mathematician novelist. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Does, does a good job of sort of, in, um, without saying it, giving, giving the reader the impression that, you know, there's something behind, there's something that, that we can't see. Mm. You know, our perception is limited because mm-hmm. we, because of our, Yeah. Yeah. Our five senses or the three dimensions. And if you include time, it's like, well, we can kind of recognize that time is there, but yeah. it's sort of, yeah, That's, it's, it's well analogized. Right. Right. Yeah. So is that affecting what you're doing now? Yeah. 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 So like the, it's, I don't, yeah, it's affecting it um, slowly, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but so right now I'm doing the crumpled, I'm crumpling the paper and spray painting each. So crumpling and then flattening. Okay. So while it's crumpled, it's just like a, like if it got run over by a car, yeah. crumpled piece of paper, spray painting one side and spray painting the other side and opening it up and making images oh. of that, okay. making paintings and drawings of that so that the, the, you're seeing the record of what the surface area was while it was crumpled. Right. Um, and I think, I mean, I think the connection there is, uh, it might be kind of basic, but like that this, this was a flat thing Mm -hmm. and all that stuff that doesn't get spray painted is like finds a a way and there's like a mechanism of the folding apparatus or whatever, you know, whatever it is that creates that shape. Um, and whatever the shapes of the spray painted areas are, are on the surface is kind of part of the determination of what's inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like the four sides and angles of a square is a determination of the inside space of right. that shape. 
Yeah. Um, but so then, this is part yeah. of your upcoming show. Right. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that. And I know we don't know exact date, but where I is don't it? have a date, but and it's where in Manchester. Can we find out the date? Is there a website? I would like to find out. <laughs> when we find out, we'll let you know. But it's in Manchester. It'll so be on my website. It will Maybe be on your when website. this okay. airs, you'll know the date. Okay. Okay. Good. Then we'll put it in the show notes. We hope so. Um, but it is sometime in the fall, hopefully, okay. yeah, mid to end of October or beginning of November. Okay. But it's dependent so, on some things. Anyway. So, how many pieces are going to be in the building? So, um, it depends how many I get done. Oh, okay. Okay, well then tell us about the outside of the building, because that's a whole other, another thing. Yeah, I, um, so I made a mural on the outside of this building that uh, is, so it's at 720 Union Street in Manchester. Okay. Um, part of it is being renovated into a brewery. Part of it is being renovated into possibly creative spaces like art studios mm. or cr- oh, like nice. creative offices or a gallery, but that's unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, but the outside of it, I made a template of the building on paper and crumpled it and did the spray painting thing wow. and then blew it up on the building. Wow. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's intense. Yeah. It was elaborate. How long did this take you? Um, it took... August was hot oh, and wet. Yeah. So I was working with the weather. Ooh. I don't know how many hours, but I, the month yeah. of August, yeah. essentially. Okay. Yeah, a month. Wow. Yeah. So that'll be something to see. Yeah, we want to see that. So it'll be yeah. on your website. Okay, Yeah, great. October-ish, November-ish. So it, it should, the opening for that show will coincide with, it'll be at that space mm-hmm. um, in the middle that's going to be like possibly a gallery. Mm-hmm. Hosted by Kelly Stelling Contemporary, oh, um, okay. which is a gallery in Manchester. Okay. Um, and the brewery, it's going to coincide with the brewery's opening event. Yeah. Great. That'll be awesome. Okay. What defines success for you as an artist? For me, not for other people. Right. That's a hard one, <laughs> is, right? Um, just for you. I think having something, always having something next like a next show yeah. that is on the books or a next commission or a next yeah. new class I'm going to teach or a new, yeah. just something to plan for. That's great. Yeah. Forward. Forwardness. Forward. Yeah. Not c- coming to the edge of the cliff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you know when something's done and it's ready to share? Um, <laughs> I work realistically. So... I know when uh, it is looking like what it's supposed to look like. Um, But at the same time, sometimes there are things that I finish and then they're duds for some reason. And I think that's more intuitive. Okay. Uh, Do you ever rework something? Like try to, oh, it's not that great. I can bring it back to life. Or do you just start over? What's your method? I put things in the trash. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the recycling, whatever. Yeah, recycling. My parents just cleaned out their house, and I so I had to go get all like my old artwork <laughs> out of my childhood bedroom. Yes. <laughs> and I was putting things in the dumpster, and and my my father's like, 
loving every single thing that I put in there and like oh. trying to take them out. Like, no, 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 this is a great self-portrait. This is a, look at this abstract landscape you did. And I, I started slashing. I took, I got I a razor blade you. and I started slashing things oh. before I put them in. Oh my gosh. Well, you know. Oh, that's hard. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. Do you a, save anything from like that? I do save things. Okay. And I have, I saved some things that I don't like just yeah. for the, you know, to have a, moment in time oh, kind of yeah. but I you don't need I didn't I don't know I don't need the self-portrait from like foundations at my freshman year <laughs> oh, all right what are your plans for the future five years what do you see yourself doing in five years in five years I want to have an assistant. Oh, ooh, I, like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I want to be so busy that I need an assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a new series planned at all? Any new thoughts on? No, I think the way I'm working now is like leading. There's so much research in the area of topology and topography mm. um, that. I don't necessarily understand, but I can kind of skim from the surface and then bring it into my work that I, um, no, I, I don't, I don't foresee any kind of switch. I think it's just yeah. evolves. I mean, the, yeah. I think the media, the medium that I'm using changes and then that looks like a series change, but the mm -hmm. ideas are pretty on track. For the last few years. So tell me, is there a difference between what you're feeling when you do origami and then you unfold it and you paint it and when you crumple and mm -hmm. you unfold mm -hmm. it and paint mm -hmm. it? Is there like when you're crumpling that paper, are you thinking anything in mm -hmm. particular that you're hoping will come through? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think about the way that I'm crumpling it and I never thought I'd have to describe it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm not thinking, it's not emotional. It's more like somehow trying to control the composition of the crumples oh. in a weird, but okay. I don't, I, I don't have a grasp on it, mm. but I, I have that thought in my head, like, okay, not too many crumples across the whole thing some areas of like yeah. where the eye can rest or whatever. Yeah. And like, so do you do yeah. multiple crumble crumples and pick one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I do. In okay. fact, I was having um, an email conversation with an, an artist friend of mine who um, Ryan Sullivan, who does uh, these poured paintings. So he's pouring into a mold. Actually, mm -hmm. I don't want to put like words to his practice, but pours into a mold um, where he, I, from what I can tell, can't see the surface of the painting while he's working because he's wow. pouring backwards. Wow. Like the front of the painting is the first layer that gets poured. Okay. And they get to be like a, an, a inches thick. Wow. And then he takes it out of the mold. Everything's dried. And so he, like the reveal is wow. up to, and they take so long. Like, I don't know if he throws anything away or if he just trusts, but I... Anyway, that's a roundabout back to, yes, I crumple a lot of different pieces of paper and I sort of switch them around in the light and photograph them a bunch of ways and then kind of 
Photoshop to change the color and print a bunch. And then even then I'm like, it's a constant filtering and choosing, choosing, choosing down mm. to get to the one. Um, but I wish my dream, <laughs> the sort of latent uh, engineer or whatever inside me it's is there. wants to just do it once, do yeah. one crumple, yeah. photograph it one time. Oh, and just draw or paint that, but I'm not, I can't, wow. I can't let go of the intuitive <laughs> piece, but I want to, which is sort of the opposite of what well, Yeah, do, wanna... do it once and see what happens. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah That's a commitment. For sure. A follow through. <laughs> it's like having a child. You, you, just, <laughs> you take what you get. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It is so, like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What are your feelings on social media and putting art out there and putting yourself out there and um, marketing and all that? Well, I feel like I'm just beyond the millennial generation. Mm. In fact, I was talking to my my brother who is closest in age to me and younger by two years. And he said, oh, for sure, he's a millennial. Yeah. And I don't feel it at all. Oh. <laughs> um so anyway, so, so that's a, the preface to, um, I feel like I, as a, as an introvert, um, which we used to call shy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it just means you need some downtime. These yeah. Days, they've they've right. kind of changed the definition because I'm an introvert too, but everyone's like, what? You're like a social butterfly. I'm like, yeah, I am. But, but I you know, the downtime is hugely important. So. Yeah. So, yeah. so the social media thing, I think, is helpful as an artist. I don't. Yeah, I do it, and I think I, I don't have Facebook, but I have Instagram, and I, I feel like that's a good way for me to find and like start to, you know, slowly come. It's stupid, but like comment on and then message mm -hmm. other artists mm -hmm. in a way that like going to an opening for me is is it's essential, like. It's essential because I want to see the art and I want to be part of that space, but it's a, it's a little bit frightening. I just, yeah. Going to an opening. Going to an opening. You don't know. Yeah. To where people, I don't know people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I, I don't think I'm alone in that mm -hmm. feeling. So I do think you openings think are tough. finding out more about them on Instagram helps? Yeah, and like knowing knowing the work a little bit, mm -hmm. and knowing yeah. how to like what I might want to ask them. Not right. that I study up ahead of time, but right. I f I think social media helps me feel like I know I know more about what's going yeah. Yeah. on before I go into the like actual yeah, space or something. I agree with that totally, totally. All right, we're winding down. Um, what do you tell the negative voices in your head that say, give this up? Do you ever get that? Uh, Nobody gets your work. Just <laughs> I don't Not know. I, <laughs> I mean, you might be a lucky one. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm not yeah. hugely successful, so. Um, but, but that's, <laughs> no, wait. The of success. <laughs> oh, right. I do have next things. Um, yeah. I, I think... Well, I feel like the negative voices in that I have are kind of ghosts of my education. 
Um, In what way? Like, it's sort of like a constant getting ready for critique (laughs) while I'm working. So, So all the teachers you've had are sitting there. Yeah, and and asking like, well, but but why are you uh, like, why do you need to mark the territory of where the spray painted surface was, and why like what's the, why does this need to be a painting and not uh. just the crumpled paper, and why? So it's not maybe it's not a negative voice but it's a skeptical sure yeah there's a constant yeah. skepticism and what do you tell them <laughs> well until i have a better idea i'm gonna do this <laughs> yeah yeah i i don't know i mean it's hard there are things i don't do because of the voices but i think i'm good at always working and having some kind of progression of ideas and i i I recognize that it, if I'm not doing, like I might as well be doing the thing that is a little suspect Mm -hmm. rather than like sitting on my couch trying to imagine the next thing that I could do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good. That's what you tell them. I like it. Okay. If you could spend the day with any painter, living (laughs) or dead, who would it be and where would you go? Um... I would want to, there's a few things I want to do. Oh, all right. <laughs> and I don't, I think some of them can merge together, but um, I want to drink martinis with Alex Katz at his house in Maine. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to uh, lounge by the pool with David Hockney in Los Angeles. Wow. Okay, we'll get you a jet. <laughs> but I think, I feel like those two things, like I can get both of them yeah. at the pool with the martinis. I think so. I don't, I'd have to pick Los Angeles or Maine, but. Yeah, we, we can arrange it. <laughs> um, yeah, but then the other thing I, yeah, is that um, James Terrell has been working on the Rodan Crater for decades. Mm. It was supposed to open at least a decade ago, and it's still not finished. Wow. So, um yeah, I would like to get a private tour of the Rodan Crater with wow. James Terrell. Wow. Cool. Yeah. That'd be a full day. Yeah. That sounds good. A weekend, a long weekend. A weekend, I think. <laughs> awesome. Okay, where can people go, again, your website, to find more information? It is content? at shanagates.com. So S-H-A-I-N-A gates.com. And you're on Instagram as well. And I'm on Instagram. And my Instagram has much, if you get frustrated by the minimalist aesthetic of my website, <laughs> my Instagram has a much more thorough um, Good. overview of the last few years of work. Awesome. Yeah. Great. So I love this. This was a great interview. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming and doing yeah, it. Yeah. This is awesome. So I did consider you a millennial, but. Oh, no. <laughs> if you don't consider well, yourself, great. we'll scratch That's that. That's like getting carded. It's <laughs> good. I know. Oh, thanks so much. We'll talk soon and definitely find her website in the next few weeks to find out when your show is. Yes. Great. Yeah, I should know. Thanks so much. Good to have you on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. 
If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.